Welcome back to the Conclusion of the Matter podcast. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 13 and 14 says, Let us hear the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Uh, I'm Robbie Santiago. I'm joined by our co-hosts, Ryan Weaver and Ren Ferguson. Uh, Last week, we discussed the topic of heaven, and we originally plan to keep that as one podcast, but time kind of got away from us. I know I had thought about 10 minutes had passed, and we were at the end of the time, so uh, today we're going to continue that topic. So, Ren, would you like to go into a little more detail about what we're going to cover on this podcast? Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, like we like we mentioned, this was a listener-requested topic, and there were specific questions that the, the person had in mind that they were wanting us to address, and we were able to address a couple of them last week, we were able to look at the who and the what of heaven, noticing, you know, who was going to be there and what heaven was going to be like in that kind of, in our finite understanding of, of the scriptures and passages on on that. And so we're going to continue that discussion and we're going to begin with the question of where. And I think this is a really interesting question because there's a couple of different places that, that my mind goes. Um, I guess one of the the first places that I thought of that I thought of was the fact that in scriptures typically we read about three heavens. Um, there are heavens as we see in I believe it's Genesis 1 and verse 8 where he talks about the heavens being in essence the sky. Mm-hmm. I believe that's mm-hmm. where he talks about where is that verse you were talking about? Uh, that's Matthew chapter 6, heaven. verse okay. 26, where yeah. it's um, the birds of heaven, um, where Jesus is talking in the Sermon on the Mount. It, in more modern translations, they've actually translated it to the sky, sky just because right. of the context. But Yeah. yeah. Uh, and going back to Genesis chapter 1, I'll, I'll go back to verse 6. God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters. And let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters and that, that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening and there was morning in the second day. So again, what he's describing there is what we would call sky or, or perhaps even what we would call the atmosphere, the atmosphere. Earth's atmosphere, mm-hmm. uh, describing it as heaven. And when you look at Hebrew literature, even the remainder of the... Bible and Old Testament, uh, the sky and atmosphere are often referred to as heaven or one of the heavens. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, of course, two others that are mentioned in Scripture. Uh, heavens also is used in reference to the universe, like the sun, moon, stars, uh, outer space, as we would like to call it. I think one yeah. passage that talks about that is Psalm 8 and verse three, I believe it is, that describes the universe, outer space being that of the heavens. Uh, Psalm 8 and verse 3 reads, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, uh, which you have set in place. So again, we see that word heavens being tied to where the moon and the stars, uh, of course, are located, which would be uh, outer space. So, yeah, New Testament passage I had was Hebrews chapter eleven verse twelve, where he talks about Abraham's descendants were as many as, as the as stars, stars in heaven. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good one too. Yeah. Um, 
So we have the first heaven being the sky or atmosphere, the second heaven being um, the outer space where the stars and sun and moon are. But then what's the third heaven? Uh, the dwelling place of God yeah. is, is what I would, I guess, refer to it as. Right. Um, one passage would be, at least that I think of, is 2 Corinthians 12. Uh, whenever Paul is describing this vision that he had, uh, I'll start reading in verse 2. He says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether in, in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise. Whether in the, in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And he goes on to describe different aspects of, of that vision and things of that nature. But again, him describing that third heaven being the paradise. Uh, being, as you mentioned, Ryan, being where God dwells. And so I always think of the third heaven as being that spiritual realm. And that, of course, would be the the where of, of heaven, or at least an aspect of it. Yeah. I, I, I looked at um, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 24, I had marked down. And this is comparing, you know, Jesus to the, the high priest of the old the old law. Um, I get my paper here undone. Um, he writes there that for Christ has entered not into the holy places made with hands, which are copies of true things, but into heaven mm-hmm. itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our mm-hmm. behalf. Right. Um, as we talked about in our last podcast, Christ is there now, and it tells us that he went into back to the presence of God, which is where he was before he came right. to earth. But um, that's the third. Mm-hmm version of heaven right. that's used in the in the New yeah. Testament and yeah. the Old Testament for that matter. Right. And the verse you brought up reminds me Paul or Paul when he's on his missionary journeys in Acts chapter 17 when he goes to Athens he says in in verse 24 the God who made the world and all things in it since he is lord of heaven and earth does not dwell in temples made with hands. So even mm-hmm. though the first couple heavens are kind of in the physical realm if you will, uh, this other one like Ren brought up is is a spiritual one. It's not a physical Physical heaven, it's where God is, and it's in the spiritual realm versus a physical thing that can be kind of like tangible. I know sometimes right. we like those tangible things right. that we can yeah. comprehend really easily, um, but that's also why the third one's probably the most complex, like we right. talked about on our right. last podcast. And and you saying that reminded me also of Isaiah 66 and verse 1, where he says, Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool, which is the what is the house that you would build for me and what is the place of my rest? Again, drawing that distinction of I live in heaven. Earth is is my my footstool. Right. Yeah. He's like, I don't I don't live here. I don't dwell and even as he says there, what is the house that you would build for me in the place of my rest? He again right. is is making that point that he dwells not in a physical uh state or in a physical place. Now, we, of course, talk about he's, he's all, all uh, present. Right, he's everywhere. But he's but... not in a physical condition. Mm-hmm. Um, he dwells and lives in the spiritual realm, which is the third heaven. Right, and even we brought up 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 50. We had read a few more right. verses than that, but yeah. verse 50 in particular says that flesh and blood cannot enter the kingdom of God, heaven, nor does mm-hmm. the perishable inherit the imperishable so right. making that contrast yeah. between what's physical and what's spiritual yeah. again and even john 4 verses 23 and 24 he says god is a spirit, spirit and mm-hmm. those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth again not that physical tangible thing but 
him being a spirit dwelling in that that spiritual again the spiritual realm that's the that's the best way i know of how, how to describe it uh uh but i think about of course those three things as a part of where is heaven it's not it's not a physical place it is that spiritual place but that kind of leads into another aspect of this another question and another idea that a lot of people have and it seems like it has certainly gained a lot of um popularity here in the past few years especially within the church and that is the idea of they it's often called the new heaven new earth or the renovated earth theory things Mm -hmm. of that nature and and in essence what this idea is is that we are are not going to go on to a different place called heaven but rather god is going to destroy and i guess recreate yeah regenerate uh the earth and that the earth is going to be where the faithful live for all eternity and that it's again it's a it's a different idea and i think when we look at scriptures it becomes clear that that can't possibly be what he is talking about uh but i think of second peter chapter 3 whenever he is is talking about the new heavens and new earth, and that's kind of where this idea comes from. But he he states there, we'll begin uh, back in, we'll, just, we'll start in verse 10. He says, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and when the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies, again, going back to what we we're talking about, the heavens will pass away. We're talking about the atmosphere, mm-hmm. kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, the atmosphere, the outer space, sun, moon, and stars, the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies and will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done in, on it will be exposed. Where the ESV translates the phrase, the heavenly bodies, um, the King James, New King James, and other translations say they're the elements. elements. And when we look at that word in Greek, it, I mean, it literally means the Building, building blocks, blocks of life, like the very basic, uh, like atoms. Yeah, the most. atoms. What are what are those things on the periodic table? Oh, elements. 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 Yeah, like those things, because that's what constitutes literally everything mm-hmm. that is in this universe. Those things are going to be dissolved. Yeah, just like all matter. Right. That's exactly what he's saying. Everything that is here is going to dissolve, and when something dissolves, is there anything left of it? Mm-mm. No, no, and so he's saying it's going to be completely done away with, and it's going to be just utterly destroyed. There's not going to be any hint of its existence. Even I like how the New American Standard says the earth and its works will be burned up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, pretty clearly it's it's going to be done away with. It's going to be destroyed. Right. Yeah, and uh, he again goes on. He makes the the same statement there. In uh, I believe it's verse twelve that the mm-hmm. uh, elements will melt and they will burn. Uh, so again, there there are a lot of a lot of people that have this idea that Christ is going to reconstitute the earth, and that's going to be where uh, the faithful live and dwell. But when we look at the descriptions in Scripture of the judgment day and Christ's return and the destruction of the world, it is always that kind of ultimate destruction that nothing is going to be left behind and and we we talked about another passage in our last session but John chapter 14 I think is another great great verse to go right. along with mm-hmm. this 
Uh, because he says, beginning in verse 1, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I go to, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. When we look at the language that Christ is using, it's... It's not to, here. Yeah, it's not here. Mm-hmm. He's saying, I'm going somewhere, I'm preparing this place for you, and then I'm going to take you to that place so that you can be with me. And so again, I think it's clear that what he's talking about here is is not a rejuvenated earth, but it is a new place, a completely different place than, than where we are right now. Yeah, well, it says he went away from earth to prepare that place, and mm-hmm. even... Um, it reminds me of Matthew chapter 6 and verse 10. Uh, this is in the Sermon on the Mountain. He says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It right. makes a contrast. There are two different places uh-huh. here that he's he's making a comparison and a contrast between. So, Right. And going back to another passage we used in, in the first part was in Matthew chapter 25. In verse uh, 34, when he tells those on the right, enter and um, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. So it's been there. Mm -hmm. Now what he means by going to prepare a place, like we said earlier, what does that... It's been there, but he's making it ready Ready for us. us. We don't know exactly what what that entails. Exactly. But the key point of that verse you pointed out is he's coming back to take us us there, there. which I think you've got a couple more verses you were going to hit on there for the how, right? Uh, for the hell? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess because that, well, not really, but we can transition. I thought we were. Okay, my we bad. Were, we were on the where, but that goes oh, right along okay. with, the, right. with the the how are we going to get there. We know, of course, it's not going to be here on this earth. Did you have anything else you wanted to add to that particular I point? I apparently now? moved on. So <laughs> and now we That's will okay. move on to how. <laughs> uh, but one of the other verses that I think, of course, going along with that, especially, and I know we hit on this in the the last session as well, uh, but First Thessalonians chapter four, uh, beginning, it's the last part of this chapter, verses thirteen through eighteen, um, and he says there, we I'll just read the the passage there, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not perceive those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven. Again, where does he come from? From heaven. Uh, with the cry of a command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet them, meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. There's a couple of things in this passage that go back to the where and even the how of this. The how of it, of course, is Christ is going to come back mm-hmm. and he's going to take us with, <clears throat> excuse me, with him. But also the where, Christ is coming from heaven. And it just, when you read this passage and it talks about us being, we're meeting him in the clouds, meeting him in the air. I guess to me, it just doesn't make any sense if, if we're going to be on this earth, 
Why would he would bring us up air, into the sky and then bring, bring us right us back, back down? down? To me, that just it just doesn't make any sense. Agreed. Uh, and so I think the the idea that he is portraying here is our exit from this world, mm-hmm. and us being caught up in the in the air with with God. Yeah, uh, and going to Philippians chapter three, two things here, verse twenty, starting out it says, "But our citizenship is in heaven." So the point there is, while we're here on earth, we still have a citizenship ready for us, right. which he's gone to prepare for us, right? Yeah. And it says, and continuing, he said, and from it, from heaven, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. So he says, he's coming from heaven, mm-hmm. and he's going to transform us. Right. So again... Why would, number one, you're lifting up in the air, but why transform us? If we're just going to relive here here on this physical earth, there would be no reason for that. Right, yeah. So I guess that's kind of the where and and the how Christ is going to come back. As we we mentioned this last week, um, John 5, verses 28 through 29, where he talks about uh, the resurrection of the dead whenever, and that's something that Paul highlights here in this passage as well. Um, he says, we will not precede those who have fallen asleep. And, of course, what he's talking about there are those that have died. So those that have already died and gone on to that third heaven, that spiritual realm, he's saying they're going to come back with Christ. Their bodies are going to be, it's it's a difficult thing to comprehend, but their spirits, their bodies are going to be resurrected. Their spirits are going to be rejoined with that body. That body, of course, is going to be transformed those of us that are still alive aren't going to undergo that resurrection process because mm-hmm. we haven't died. But um, our bodies likewise will be changed, will be caught up into the clouds with him, and then he will take us to heaven to be with him. And so, again, that's kind of, that to me, that passage answers the how and the where all at the same time. Uh, being with, with God in heaven forever. Um, you all have anything else on those two? Before we move no. on, mm-hmm. our our last question that we had then is when, and we've kind of hit on it a little bit already, but yeah, because I think there's two aspects to when, right? Right. When did it start? But also, when will we get there? Is right. probably the one that yeah. people are more interested right. in. Uh, you want to go ahead? No, I I think <laughs> there's um there's people that that believe that as soon as you die, that's where you go. Right. Um, I think even right where we left off in First Thessalonians in verse 15, it says, For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I have a hard time. That would I mean, be the other, the, the, going back to his point of why would you go in the air if you're going right, to, exactly. why would he resurrect them from yeah. the dead if they're already Go to heaven for a while heaven, and right, then come back, back and then yeah. go back again, um, right? And, and, you know, I think we're going to go to Luke chapter um, 16 yeah. with uh, rich men and Lazarus here in a minute. But the one that, um, you know, in talking with a um, person I've studied with, you know, the concept is, well, Jesus went to heaven mm-hmm. after he died on yeah. the cross, right? Um well, in John chapter um, 20 and verse 17, after his resurrection, when, he, when Mary was in the, had approached him, he said, he had not yet ascended to the Father. Um, so that tells me that he had not ascended to heaven yet. We see that happen in Acts chapter 1. Um, but also on the day of Pentecost, when Peter is preaching, 
he, he references David and David saying that um, from Psalm, um, I had it here and then I lost it. That's what we do on live TV, right? Um, anyway, in, in Acts chapter 2, verse 27, where David wrote, For you will not abandon my soul to Hades or Sheol. Sheol yeah. And that's to your point. What you said earlier mm-hmm. is a different word than Gehenna, which right. is translated to hell, which would right. be the other eternal place. Yeah. Um, Jesus was in the Hadean realm mm-hmm. for the time period that he was right. not living on earth. Right, because there is in, of course, Jewish literature and I guess theology, there is that idea even of what exactly what we're talking about here, that when you die, the spirit or the soul does not immediately go to heaven, but it goes to this place of, of waiting. And uh, I guess, in my opinion, Luke 16 is great support for that because... Christ uses that while he's teaching. And if anything, Christ is the greatest teacher, most knowledgeable, and he certainly wouldn't have used a an inaccurate, I guess right. you could say, an inaccurate mm-hmm. teaching or doctrine. I think other people have this. said it's a parable, but there yeah. aren't, I don't think there's any other parables there's where he used actual people's, people's names. names. And also... It, it's also different because he says there was a rich man who lived in in or who was clothed in purple and fine linen. Uh, and like you pointed out, he mentioned specifically a specific man, a specific name, Lazarus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in just the nature of the literature there, it seems like more so he's giving an account of an event. An event that occurred. Because when you look at other um, parables, most of the time whenever he begins that parable, he will often use the phrase like or as, which is a simile, Mm -hmm. which is comparing two different things, drawing that comparison. Uh, But again, he doesn't use that kind of language here with this particular section. So it would appear, again, and I believe that he is is giving an account of an actual event, something that actually happened. Um, And so, so just going into that, the basic premise of it is probably somewhat familiar with this. Uh, this rich man, he, as it says, he feasted sumptuously. He had more than enough. Lazarus was a poor man that begged outside of his gates, just wanting the crumbs off of the man's table. But the rich man would never never give him anything. And so it came uh, to time for both of them to die. And notice specifically verse 23, talking about the rich man. It says, And in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus at his side. That word Hades is there, Mm -hmm. which is Sheol, which is the place of the dead dead. or the place of waiting. As you mentioned a moment ago, when we look at scriptures and we see the word hell, sometimes it is this word Hades, but whenever in the context, whenever it's referring to the eternal place of damnation and punishment, the Greek word there is Gehenna. And so whenever Christ is using this word Hades, he, of course, is, is talking about not the eternal place of torment and punishment, but rather that place of waiting, where even while the rich man was waiting for judgment, he was still in torment. In torment. torment right. Um, and so to me, that, that just... To me, that gives support to there being a place of waiting because, again, Christ wouldn't have used that. He wouldn't have taught that if it were not true. Agreed. And I, and I think what we alluded to before this is 
if you go to your immediate destination upon death, then mm-hmm. what's the purpose of the resurrection, the resurrection and, and all that? Right. And even then, what's the point of the judgment day? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And, and in essence, you already know here because if we keep reading, they can't change side. I mean, right. they can't cross right. over. So this is – I've always kind of – I don't know, right, wrong, or indifferent. I've always kind of considered this like – a senior in high school is done with their coursework. They know they've graduated, but they don't officially get their diploma until mm-hmm. graduation night or right, whatever. Right. The actual ceremony, and I'm not, I'm not definitely not saying that's all it is, but it's it's very similar to the fact that you've met the requirements, you know your outcome, but until the actual judgment, do you go to your final right. destination? Uh, right. And you saying that we mentioned this, or I mentioned this in the last podcast, assuming that we would get to this in the last one, not realizing how long it was going to take to get through all of this, but going back to 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8, where he says, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. What he's talking about there could only really be the judgment day. Mm -hmm. And so... Paul wasn't going to receive that crown of righteousness as soon as he died. He wasn't going to receive that crown of life as soon as he died. He was going to be awarded it on the day of, of judgment. And as he says there, not, not just himself, but to everyone who has followed and loved God and has looked for the, the coming of Christ. So, again, I think that also gives some support and credit to that idea. And the other thing is I was thinking of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the resurrection chapter, which you kind of went to, um, and he talks about at the end, where is your victory? Where and, and if you go to Revelation, is it 20 where death and Hades are both thrown into the... Yeah, I think so. Is it Revelation 20? So. Um, what does that tell us? That tells us that Hades is obviously different than the, sec- than, yeah. than the eternal than second eternal death. death. So... Um, Again, it's a it's a different thing, right. and 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 death and Hades will be um, cast into. I'm into almost hell. positive, it, yeah. I'm almost yeah. positive it's Revelation 20, but that's what happens when a verse comes to you when you're right when you don't have it jotted down. Yeah, um, yeah. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them, and they were judged. Um, then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. Right. So Revelation again, 20 that, verses yeah. uh, 13 and 14. Right. Even where we were talking about earlier in First Thessalonians four, indicating it's kind of a singular time there. Hebrews eleven brings up that Christians are going to heaven at the same time. First John four twelve says that no one's seen God. So if some some people go to heaven early, clearly God's there. They would have seen right. him beforehand. Yeah. So so it's it's gonna be it's not gonna be a situation where some of us are in heaven and then like we were talking about earlier where they right. come back and they're in the sky, uh-huh. and then, you know, they get back. So it's not going to be this back-and-forth thing. Yeah. So, And even going back to the new heavens, new earth thing, according, I guess according to that theology, they, the, we would die, our spirit would have to go somewhere because mm-hmm. it's not here on this earth anymore. Mm-hmm. And then when Christ comes back, we're just going to be put right back on this earth. I think right. I'd rather be in the in the spiritual realm. I don't want to be right. here anymore. Right. Yeah. Out, yeah. I mean, you look at you look at the uh, rich man Lazarus and the rich man recognized Lazarus. So there was some right. cognitive ability yeah. to to remember at least in in this mm-hmm. portion of the spiritual realm. Um I don't 
really know if it's anything says that we will remember. Do we know that in heaven? Because there's no um, sorrow, no pain, right. those type of things, nothing. So there's got to be some sort of mechanism to where we don't remember the people that were important to us but didn't. You know what I mean? I know what you're talking about, because but I don't know if I agree with you. Really? So yeah. you? So, so I think it we just, will remember. Even the sorrowful things. Yeah, because – and I think we talked about this one day when we were I playing tennis. I must have forgot. Oh, okay. You remember that? We were sitting out on oh, the Oh, taking the our break. Yeah. yeah. Because in Revelation 21 – and, of course, these are things we're not going to know fully until we get there. But like you were pointing out in Luke 16, Abraham – Lazarus even knew Abraham. Abraham, right. And mm-hmm. even the rich man knew Abraham. They had never met before. Mm-hmm. And so I would, I would actually say I think there's going to be to a degree some sort of – Almost knowledge. miraculous knowledge, knowledge that we are given. We'll be able to recognize people we never even met. Okay. Uh, but in Revelation 21, where you're talking about there's no more sorrow, no more pain, things of that nature, uh, verse 4, it says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Uh, I agree that in heaven there's not going to be any, I mean, it says explicitly, there's not going to be any sorrow or things of that nature Personally, I still think we're going to remember those of in our life that aren't in heaven. But I think the point of that passage is that God's going to comfort us. And he's going to wipe away those tears. Fair. And then there will be no more mourning, yeah. if that makes any sense. I mean, it that's does. just my opinion. But once again, this is my finite mind yeah. trying to wrap my head around it. Right, because and me too. The other thing in heaven, we're going to be glorifying God and... While we remember things, there's going to be more important things right. to be doing, yeah. and that's probably. I've some... got a lot of questions that I want to ask him. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Everybody says yeah. you can ask him when you get there, right? Yeah. And it's like, um, but it's interesting that that um, when we look at this account here, that uh, there was some ability to recognize. Right. And to your point. Um, I even think, and and this is one that that's up for. I think it's probably up for debate too, yeah. because um, I am I'm of the opinion here that because he knew that his brothers were still in a right. state of loss, that he could see backward or see back over to the physical realm, hmm. because he mm-hmm. wanted he wanted to send Lazarus yeah. back, because he had the at least maybe he assumed they were bad, but yeah. I feel like he's like. Our brothers are still in trouble. Right. How does he know that they weren't converted while he's gone? That's why, in my yeah. head, I'm like, can he actually see yeah. the physical realm? No, I, I get, I get what you're saying. I guess my opinion on that. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting into the realm of opinion. Yeah. And like my former instructor at MSOP, Billy Bland, would say, opinions are like armpits. Everybody has them, yes, and some of them stink. stink. That's right. Uh, but my opinion on that is that. Lazarus, he knew what kind of life he lived. Mm-hmm. He knew what kind of life his brethren had lived mm-hmm. on earth. And so he knew what condition they were in because he was in the same situation. And so in my mind, it's not necessarily that he can see them in the physical realm, mm-hmm. but that he can think back. He remembers yeah. who they were, what they were doing, how they were living. And he realized if they keep doing that, they're going to end up right where I am. Agreed. So sense. he's making the assumption they haven't changed. Right. That's yeah. yeah. Okay. That that would be my opinion. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I think and we the, could. Yeah. 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 I think the real question here is kind of like how we're going to recognize because we know that we're going to have you know it's going to be different right. than the bodies that we have yeah. here on Earth. So you know if if you know 
Brother Billy that sits in the back was bald on earth. And, you know, it's not like we're going to be able to point that out in heaven <laughs> because it's not yeah. like he's yeah. going to be bald. It's just, again, one of those things that we don't have the understanding for because it's, right. it's not like of the physical realm here. Yeah. So, and, and that goes back to what we talked about at the very beginning of the last one. There's just so many things that we don't know for certain, but what has been revealed to us and what little we do know for certain about heaven is still enough, I think, to motivate us to want to be there. Absolutely. And especially what we know about hell, that's enough to motivate us yeah, to not want to be there. Agreed. I mean, because you think, look at look Lazarus, or the rich man just wanted just a, a touch of right. water. Yeah. You know, he was he was in anguish. Um, I think that that we can all agree that First uh, Peter chapter one verses three, three through five. He says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope." through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, mm-hmm. who by God's power are being guarded through the faith for the salvation ready to be revealed in that last time. So there it tells us right there that it's already ready for us. Right. It's our job, as Robbie said in the last podcast, to keep up our end of the deal, right? right. right. And it's our responsibility to do that. Yep. All right. Do you all have anything else? I don't. I don't either. Uh, this has been it's been a in, fun discussion. Topic, yeah, yeah. A lot of fun. it is. It is an interesting topic, like we've said over and over before. We'll never know everything this side of heaven, but that's why we gotta keep up our end of the bargain. Because I know, no matter what it is, that's where I want to be. Because that's where God is. That's where Christ is. Yep. That's where all of our brothers and sisters that have have died, and that's where we're all going to be together. And I mean. Why wouldn't you want that? And a good motivation for me is just that I uh, forget the I'm blanking on the verse here, but the sufferings that are on earth are not to compare with with the glory, glory. that we're going to yeah. see in heaven. I want to so say motivation. Romans, Romans, yeah, Romans because it, I, it was a parallel passage to the Second Corinthians yeah. one. Exactly. Yeah, <clears throat> it's Romans eight eight eighteen. Yeah. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. Um, let me go over there and read that real quick. Uh, for I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to compare with the glory that is to be revealed in us. And then he goes on to describe how the whole creation, it always has had problems. It's always been in pain, always, I guess, just breaking down and falling apart kind of. Mm-hmm. But how that's not going to be the case. Yeah, deteriorating. That's not going to be the case in in heaven. Yeah. And that's what we always talk about, the imperishable versus right. the perishable, right? Yeah. First Corinthians 15. And it's going to be eternal. Like, yeah. It's just there's right. that forever thing again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We could go on for forever talking about that. <laughs> we really could. All right. Well, I guess that's all that we have. Uh, yeah. Again, it's it might not be anything new, anything that you haven't heard before, uh, but let's just all live our lives in a way so that we can Get there. enjoy heaven and yep. be in heaven with one another. So I guess for now you could say that that is the conclusion conclusion of the matter. matter.